0: Hello and welcome. This time, John Deere and Dave Thomas, that's me, take a look at Dario Argento's third film from 1971, Four Flies on Grey Velvet, aka Quattro Mosche di Velluto Grigio. Did this highly regarded but somewhat obscure entry in the Argento canon buggers, or was it worth the buzz? Listen and find out.
1: Paranoid. Cases like that commit the most horrendous crimes for what appear to be the most insignificant reasons. Stop acting like a baby. Stop crying. You hear? I never want to see you cry. What have you done now? You'll end up in an asylum. Asylum! Asylum! Baby, it's all a bad dream. I'm scared.
0: What's the matter? What's happening? Look! I'm waiting for someone. Man, you go out that door and you run. Four flies on grey velvet. Content warning for gendered violence, animal cruelty, mental illness, and outmoded and homophobic depictions of gay characters. Also, spoiler warning, because we do, as is de rigueur, reveal the identity of the killer if you didn't guess it in the first 10 minutes like John did. Here's the episode.
1: I was—it's sort of one of those I surprised I
0: hadn't seen before. I was going to say it's—it's it, it's not exactly a lost film, but it's—it's it's one of the ones that's been more difficult to see until relatively recently. Um, okay, why uh, It seems to have mostly been like rights issues. Uh, Paramount picked it up for the US and then just decided that they weren't ever going to release it on home video or anything. So uh, it's yeah, there was like a French VHS which was pretty horrific, and then shameless put it out on blu-ray a few years ago and that wasn't great either so it's really only the se is it severin that put it out recently that have actually done like a proper remaster um so it's been a bit it's been a bit obscure for a while this was argento's third is that right that's correct yeah
1: so i've seen the first the mm-hmm. incomparably excellent but the crystal plumage. uh this seems to follow the pattern of Bizarrely obscure, specific but crucial plot point as film title. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep. yep. So clearly he's gone. He's gone with the theme there and that. We haven't done his second, have we? Which is Cat of Nine Tales. Cat of Nine Tows. We have not done that no. yet. No. And, I'm, and I'm led to believe that is not in the same class. Is that correct? Yes.
0: Yeah, so his second film, and actually, kind of informs this one in a lot of ways. Uh, right. So following. Bird with Crystal Plumage which was a big success internationally not initially as big in Italy it subsequently subsequently became so uh, on re-release but at the time you know it did okay but it was it was very big internationally so essentially the foreign backers and his dad who was his producer said yeah another one of those please Um, which he had very little interest in doing so Cat and Nine Tails is, it, it, I actually saw that uh, It's one of the ones I saw at the Argento uh, season that the BFI did recently, and I hadn't seen it for a while, and I didn't have very good memories of it. Mm. And it's, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a cure-its-egg. It's, it has some really good stuff in it. Um, it. He's getting visually more experimental in that, more so than Crystal Plumage. But the, the plot is just kind of all over the place, and it does feel like... Oh, no well <laughs> well even more so than a, than a typical jello okay. a typical argento it's basically kind of got two plots going on at the same time and the main one turns out to not really have anything to do with the outcome so it's a bit frustrating oh, okay. and it's right. and it's pretty long it's like it's, a, it's sort of i think it's like two hours plus and you kind right, of get to the yeah. end and you think you could have cut like 70 minutes out of that <laughs> realistically mm. um so so it's interesting i we 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 may come to it eventually and it's it's bits of it do feel like a reaction to uh crystal plumage in Mm -hmm. some ways uh but yeah it's not a favorite and then this film and one of the reasons why i wanted to do this is so i had seen this a while back uh i think i had some sort of horrible bootleg of the the french video uh, which is not a good way to see it um and then i got the 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 uk blu-ray release which again is a bit ropey but sort of better and both times i watched it i was kind of like no oh, i'm not really sure i like this because it's and we'll talk about it but it's a bit of a distancing kind of chilly film because everyone in it's horrible that's interesting because i
1: loved it instantly
0: yeah that
1: was, and that's that so it surprises me from to here you this, this had to grow on you
0: yeah. And, and it's funny. It's only as I was kind of like, well, it'll be interesting to do. And having rewatched it, kind of like, oh, yeah, th- there is a lot kind of there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. And then having watched it again a couple of times and every time I watch it, I kind of like it more. And I think now I, I definitely appreciate there's more going on than I initially gave it credit for. Uh, but yeah, that it, so so that was kind of why I wanted to see what you thought of it. And you liked it.
1: <laughs> I did. I mean, uh... I'm not sure, but I'm making characters unremarkable. Michael Brandon's character has no discernible personality. Mm. Uh, he doesn't, like he, he's sort of a cipher, um, which helps in a lot of films because you can just put whatever um, uh, projections you want to onto that particular character. It's the situations he finds himself in that, that, that obvious, is obviously more important. So mm. if, if, it's, if, the, if the central character is a fairly blank slate, you have sort of stuff to play with in terms of how you you view it and your and your immersement in the in in the film, and as we sort of discover what goes on with him, obviously there are subplots developed which he isn't a part of, but nevertheless you know the the revelation of the killer and everything is is something that we only find out as the as the central as the central character finds out, so it becomes easier to um i think to 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 project those feelings onto. So um yeah I I didn't find him particularly unpleasant simply because there wasn't mine much to find to find unpleasant or pleasant he's a he's a fairly blank blank canvas on which the 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 viewer can paint Interesting I did find all his friends objectionable objectionable if I ever meet one of you know my wife's cousins for the first time come and talk to me I'm writing a story about the rape of called the rape of Frankenstein uh, and then I'm going to tell, tell her a story about basically how I make. Uh, we start to get homophobic. I make I make Frankenstein's monster so horny it tries to fuck me. Uh, so then I have to get rid of it. And then. I thought, well, can he make that any more offensive? Yes, he can, because when it goes on the rampage, he tells a story of a 70-year-old woman who decide, who has no luck with men, so strips herself naked and, st- and runs out to try and find her luck. If I had friends like that, yeah, maybe you're all right. Maybe he's just a bit of an arsehole, um, because all, if all of my friends were un- unconvicted rapists, I probably would, wouldn't paint me in a very, very good light. Um,
0: yes. I, I, yes. Uh, th- what is it, the rape of Frankenstein or the man-made molester? The man-made molester, yeah. Yeah. Which
1: um, it doesn't doesn't even like it, it could say the modern molester like it doesn't work with the modern Prometheus as a as a subtitle anyway Mimsy Farmer's character the the, the girlfriend mm. again doesn't seem to have a huge amount of character or, or 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 much agency but given what we learn about her later at least that at least that pays off mm. um, and as far as the other the other characters are concerned obviously we have the private detective who is an incredibly sympathetic uh uh b- portrayal of a homosexual man in 1971 in Italy and not at all um a camp stereotype yes it couldn't have been
0: more john inman if john inman I, wasn't i was just going to say john inman yeah but but then i guess is, is that progressive for 1970? I, I It's hard to say. There are a lot of defenders of uh, of um, uh, Orocio as a character and and, and Argento himself. I said, well, you know, that proves I'm not homophobic. I'm like, no, nah, does it? Though? Do, 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 does it? <laughs> you look at me and
1: you think, I'm a big fairy. He's going to jump. How's he going to do anything? And you're like, yeah. So there's a bit where you can challenge your prejudice. And then, and then the gay man asks Michael Brandon, hey, you ever shagged the man? Which isn't probably what well, which isn't in my experience what most gay men say on meeting me for the for the first time. Maybe that says more about me than it does about Michael Brandon. I'm probably <laughs> not as good looking as Michael Brandon was in, in, in nineteen seventy one. But also let's not get away from the fact that he's incompetent. And whatever happens to him actually solving because he actually solves solves the case, but mm-hmm. is unfortunately killed by the killer before um uh in that in that really annoying thing that like killing other uh, um I need to say killing Zoe. Sorry, that's the that's that's, that's nine. Uh, Roger Avery movie. Yeah, Roger Avery movie. Yes, <laughs> Tarantino was involved, wasn't it? Anyway, um, um, produced it. I think produced it. Right. Okay, uh, Killing Eve, uh, mm, which mm. is the sort of David Hague sequence of like you're following her. Are you sure about this? Yeah. Uh, in, in about the fourth in about the, the fourth episode, so he follows the killer, but the killer knows that they're that he's they're being followed and kills in him oh, inter- quite an interesting way. Um, but nevertheless it doesn't get away from the fact that he proudly points out that he's, he's, uh, all his cases are completely unsolved because he isn't good enough to do them and like, the only thing to to to, to keep Michael Brandon employing him is the fact that that run can't continue. Yes. It doesn't seem to me to be overly positive. Um, yes. portrayal, of a, portrayal of a gay man, yet having him as a strong secondary character was interesting. It was mm. just a shame they had to, to to make him a gay stereotype, particularly where he finds the flat where uh, the killer is operating from. But then, and I thought it was going to be a, a scary sort of observational piece, he finds the the guardian, the caretaker, or one of that building, and wouldn't you know, He's a very sympathetically portrayed homosexual male character as well, and they both have a chat, uh, and they occasionally yeah maybe have a, have a mince off, uh, and and then he says call me. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's not. I mean, it wasn't overly. Uh, it, was, it was quite offensive in many ways, but I you know I I, I so I. I appreciate that Argento gave a some major screen time to a gay character. I think that should just be made less less of a, less of a problematic issue. Mm. Now, the other character, um Godfrey is Probably the the other one that could be described as a as a main character, uh, I thought was quite quite fun. Again, he has no much discernible trait other than he's obviously working class, incredibly down to earth. He acts as sort of a, a counterpoint, and he dresses in, incredibly shabbily. But he's the one that makes practical suggestions, and is um, uh, is 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 there at the end for for Michael. He's the one that comes through for Michael Brandon. And uh, I'm looking for God. Will you stop calling me God? My name's Godfrey. He's actually quite funny. Uh, when you, when you hear it first. So it, it works quite well within the. Uh, with, with, within the piece so overall that there were so there's at least one sympathetic character
0: that i'm uh, to yeah say, that's to, true to see, to, to, to see as well and, and interestingly something that that i've kind of picked up on more and more um that is i think it's probably more noticeable in this than in sort of the, the the couple of earlier films although i mean there are there are kind of deliberately humorous bits in uh certainly in crystal plumage but there's actually kind of a, a seam of humor running through this that then kind of it's something that sort of reminded me a lot of deep red you know there's that kind of i mean even down to uh the direct detective orosio has got a slightly shit car which then kind of plays into yeah um the the kind of falling apart car in in deep red so but but yeah and brandon's actually quite funny like he's 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 very deadpan, but that's quite funny. And I, I don't know, maybe you just have, for, for me, just kind of having to watch it more, the kind of misanthropy, mis- misanthropic bits kind of seemed funnier. Particularly there's, there's this running gag where he keeps beating up the postman because he thinks he's the killer. Um, yeah. And, and it sort of escalates to where the postman's kind of coming armed for uh, for combat and, and so forth. And, yeah. and, and Brandon just seems like quite nonplussed about this. Like you know, what did I do? <laughs> and it's like you kicked the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, there is there is
1: that sort of weird. Then the uh, Godfrey has a sort of a sidekick um, who uh, looks vaguely like a, like you know a defensive Jewish New York New Church New York character. Mm. Um, uh, who seems to be there largely for for laughs and for someone to for Brandon to talk to, at uh, a couple of times before. So there's sort of a secondary level of of, of humour going on. The strongest theme I saw throughout it, without trying to be wanky, but hey, it's a podcast about Jello. We're gonna be we're too aged <laughs> white men. What that you, ship what, has what, what sailed. Do you, what do you want? Indeed, is recurring themes of sort of um, losing your sanity, losing. Mm. Your 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 mental health. So continuing on the uh, on the problematic theme, uh, one of the party guests uh, at, at um, Roberto Roberto and Nina's um, flat, which is again a very stylish, modern looking apartment, is um, talking about uh, uh, an execution in Saudi Arabia, um, mm. which we see describing in detail as before beheading someone. They you know, I don't know if this is accurate in descriptions of executions in Saudi Arabia, but um, putting a, inserting a stiletto into the, into the nape of the neck, bringing the head up as to, to make it easier to, to, to swipe. Um, but that then becomes a recurring nightmare for, for, for Michael Bannon, Roberto, Michael Bannon's character, um, which seems a uh, su- subtle uh, reference to losing one's head or losing one's mind. Um, and given that the, the motivation of the, character, of the murderer is revealed to be, uh, they went mad after being you know, mentally and physically abused by their stepfather because uh, they weren't what their stepfather wanted. Mm. Uh, and they just latched on to Michael Brandon's character because they looked like the, ste- the, kid, the kid of the stepfather. And this has been a massively, really long, involved ploy uh, to kill them. Mm. Uh, which, of course, stretches credibility, but th- that's hardly the point. um so that was i thought that was an interesting sort of through point and we have several conversations about um losing your mind and indeed in these jazz particularly the ones the 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 the, the, the urban the the ones we explore where there's an isolated individual now having said that brandon isn't although an american actor isn't uh, an isolated foreign individual in the land that often is used in, in these for the, to isolate the protagonist. He's a mm. as far as I can tell, he's a he's meant to be Italian, isn't he? Uh
0: yes, yeah, I yeah. believe so. But
1: there's several conversations about, you know, perspective and sanity and that's that's something that's, that I've noticed yeah, runs through um the wider thriller genre anyway, at this time as well, because is if no one believes you know, or, you know, he Nina describes it as are you sure you want, are you sure you're having a dream, you know, um, so Perspective and mental health and questioning what you see um, is always effective in something like this, not least of which because it's a highly stylized world anyway. And there's sort of no better example of that in the piece I can think of than uh, the maid who works out who the killer is very early on. And when you see the running time, you realise there's only one thing that's going to happen to to the, to the maid. But she agrees to meet the killer uh, in a park. Uh, this is a very stylish Italian high-walled, locked park, which you know has many nooks and crannies and lots of foliage. But has you know, children playing and lovers kissing uh, until it doesn't. Um, and that's, that's one of the most striking sequences in, which doesn't really make much narrative sense, but as we've, as, as we've learnt on this journey, that's hardly the most important thing here, mm. uh, is that the characters who populate the park as, so what's the, what's the maid's name? Ami- Amelia. Amelia, yeah. As Amelia waits for the killer and smokes and is nervous, all the children, uh, uh, the, the parents and the lovers disappear. That we mm. see them disappear. Now we can interpret that as you know they're going through. You know, well, she's waited there a long time. It's a really boring montage of yeah. just waiting. So we 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 fade them out. Um, but it's unsettling how mm. that's done. Uh, and rather than silly, I think it, I think it works. Um, And she waits and then we see the park keeper locking up and now presumably he hasn't checked he's just seen people leave and hasn't done the most thorough check that no one's locked in because that seems quite a hazard it seems quite a large place with lots of places Mm. to hide or spot or stay Um, but nevertheless she gets up thinking oh i'm suddenly feeling a bit cold and realizing i'm alone and therefore vulnerable when presumably this is one of the reasons that she was motivated to be in the park in a public place Uh, It's suddenly dark for no discernible reason uh, meteorologically that I can understand. But again, it's a really effective, it's really effective. She sort of stands up, starts walking towards the exit, Uh, cut to wide shot, it's it's pitch dark. Um, And again, it doesn't doesn't make sense. Doesn't matter. Creepy, disorientating, and it makes for um, a visually interesting sequence where she has to run through an, an increasingly and uh, thin passageway that is covered in covered in cobwebs, uh, and tries unsuccessfully to escape as the killer finds her and, and kills her. Mm. Um, so I thought that was for something that looked on the basis when you describe it, it looked, sounds ridiculous, but it uh, and you know it's easy to mock. And it did I think I did to you on, on text in the slightly tongue-in-cheek way. But when actually watching it, it's actually quite effective for its eerie, for its eeriness, which presumably Argento was go, was going for. Mm. And the shock that the bloke um, that uh, Roberto thinks he's killed at the beginning, accidentally, and thus the killer is blackmailing him, which is the central premise of the of the story, to find out the killer that guy who we thought was dead isn't, and it's just an elaborate ploy for the killer to get at him. You, again, it doesn't make much sense. In the narrative, but it's a genuinely surprising revelation, and mm. it's hilarious that, the, the, um, that that guy then wants more money. So the killer just kills the guy we thought was dead anyway. Um, <laughs> exactly. But but it works. It's it's it's, it's, it's very it's very good. Uh, again, not much narrative sense, but if you go into it with the right the right frame of mind, uh, and just enjoy the surprise, that that was that was a genuine surprise.
0: Mm. I did work out who the killer
1: was quite early on, though. Uh, I was
0: yes. I well, so. there's, a, there's also a certain amount of of kind of looking back from 2023 and being like, "Oh, Mimsy Farmer's in this," <laughs> and kind of feeling like, "Yeah, she's probably the killer, isn't she? She she basically just goes nuts in every film." So she does, uh, but also, you I mean, uh, yeah. They're, they're, there's, there's a limited red. number of suspects. It could be unless they're going to do the. It was someone we haven't met yet, which they don't. So.
1: Oh. I think, you're, I think you're being a bit harsh on me there. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not an expert in, the, in, in this genre. I'm not taking it for this necessarily written, temporarily or retroactive spoiler <laughs> um, because it's like having one of the characters as Freddy Krueger. Oh, I can't yeah. believe they were the dream, yeah. uh, dream entering alien killer. Um, yeah. I thought it was... Because like initially I thought, Oh, when I, when, I, when I watched it, it's, prob- it's probably her, or it's the postman. And then the postman is an obvious, is, is mm. an obvious, is an obvious red herring. And then I thought back and thought, oh no, because he wakes up for a noise, and then she's to sleep at that point. And then you find out the guy you think is dead, and then Mimsy Farmer kills, mm. says all this creeping around at night. And I was like, yes, that's it's, it's Mimsy Farmer then as well. So, um, <laughs> uh, but you think that's no big deal. Fair enough.
0: Um, no no um, very very well done because you you messaged me like I think you were in like sort of 15 minutes into it and you were like it's either the postman or the wife and I was kind of trying being (laughs) non-committal yeah there's uh, there's
1: there's some very uh, odd uh, sort of cutaways that sort of don't really mean anything there's there's the neighbour that that they both that that both Roberto and and Nina talk to um, who complains about the incompetent uh, postman who keeps giving her uh, the cripple. Thank you for that. Uh, as post, post instead, which is full of which is full of Swedish porn. Uh, yep.
0: Which then she she then she looks at before giving before giving back. Um, that was, that was that yeah. Was there's a, there's a little bit of rear window stuff going on there when, when sort of Michael Brandon's looking out at his neighbours and his the adjoining properties and. Those, well, I, is, mean, so. I mean, I mean, I suppose given but, sort of but with porn,
1: but with porn. Yeah, I suppose given. Um, uh, the, but with the crystal plumage owes quite a lot to, to rear window um i'm assuming argento is
0: quite a yeah a fan of a fan of hedgehog um i mean he probably wouldn't say so but yeah i think it's you know it's it's kind of plastered oil. he did so he did A Q&A at the uh at the recent um
1: i know i was ill i'm i'm nevertheless it's been a bad time sorry go
0: yeah, just at the recent BFI season, and th- there was a question about you know his influences, and he sort of jokingly said, "Oh no, there aren't any." So, um, so I think he's a little yes, bit coy about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, they're fairly writ large, but uh, but yeah, I mean the, the, the interesting thing with this is he had kind of said at this point after the previous two, you know, uh, uh, and it was essentially like you know he was he was getting fed up of basically you know as he saw it being ripped off by all and sundry with all the you know. Jello coming out that were had animals in the title and uh, he felt were very much kind of riding his coattails, um, having, if not invented the genre, then kind of established a, a new kind of template for it. And having done it twice, he wasn't really that interested in doing it a third time and that there's uh, some other personal stuff that I, I will circle back to um, probably a bit, a bit later. But effectively, he said, well, this is going to be my last jello, so I might as well go all out and just make it as kind of stylistic and, and you know, sort of plastic reality as, as I can. Uh, now, obviously... It was far from his last Jello. Uh, yes. Again, something I watched in the Argento season was uh, "Dark Glasses," uh, which is his most recent Jello that came out in 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know there've been a, a few subsequently, but at the time he was very much thinking, "I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not doing this again." And it's interesting that this is kind of the first one of his films that, looking at from again having watched it a bunch of times. Uh, really this is kind of argento's style kind of crystallizing into yeah there are some really bravura like visual set pieces and it's not necessarily just the kills it's things like when the maid is on the phone to uh the killer there's this like wild kind of montage going out of the phone box through you know the the phone walls. cables and through the phone exchanges to the handset that the killer is talking into it's just really there's kind of no reason for it to be there other than it's it's really striking well i mean there's some interestingly subjective shots i mean
1: not that's a subjective shot but it's an interesting there's in the in the title sequence there's a there's a um a shot that's meant to be through the through the hole of a guitar Uh, which was an interesting stylistic choice, um, as the fake guy is killed by by the killer, we switch p o v shots between between the killer and and the victim, um, which you haven 't seen done uh, much before um, so yeah there's there 's a you 're looking through the eyes of the killer you 're looking through the eyes of the victim um, making you sort of, I suppose, both victim and accomplice, Uh, which is um, something that, yeah, I'm not sure it's done for any deeper reason than it it looks cool, but nevertheless, it's an interesting subjective choice. Oh, we haven't mentioned um, Dahlia, the cousin, have we, who turns up for no no reason, lacks any motivation, uh, and her sole reason then is to give Michael Brandon sinus to his dick in.
0: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much.
1: Uh, uh, even though his his um, her motivation, well, she's eventually a cousin of uh, a cousin of Nina, and um, I think she gives it. I and mean, we're not only cousins; we're really good, cool, but we're best friends. But I'm not sorry we made love. All right, thanks. That was a yes. There's there's all that's 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 less a impo- motivational point than just male fantasy writ large. It's all right. It's it's fine. Don't worry. Oh, and she gets killed really horribly, but it's her. It's her death that proves the, or provides the the um, the way that the Michael Brandon works out who's who the killer is, isn't it? Yes. Um, do you think our listeners have, have watched Horror Express? I uh,
0: <laughs> I suspect they a, a number of them probably have. Uh, yes the the optrom- the optometrix magic uh, laser beam through the eye
1: yeah um well there's an old uh there's old folklore isn't it that the eye retains the last image after death and that's all it is folklore however in, in um horror express hugely fun um is it spanish yes yeah it, yeah but stars, and Martin. Yes, yeah but stars uh cushing and lee <laughs> and telly savallas as a cossack gosh <laughs> yep Oh, uh, yeah that's that's <laughs> that's a, that's a still, still amazing however yeah it um a plot point revolves, result is resolved around the fact that the, the kill that they're able to take the eyes of the victims and see what they saw before they died, which obviously is, is scientific bullshit. But that doesn't stop Argento repurposing it, repurposing it here, and we see, well, we see the image from is it Damien's eyes that, mm. well, they're not sure what it is, but it looks like four flies on grey velvet. It's the title. But, I which they, wish they'd all said that in one and looked, at the, and looked at the camera as they did. That would have been brilliant. <laughs> and that turns out to be Nina's uh, necklace swinging. Yes. Uh, and that's how they find her. Um, and then she shoots Michael Brander, but non-fatally runs, uh, drives very fast, but also in slow motion into the back of a truck, which then inexplicably explodes. Yep. <laughs>
0: after she's beheaded because obviously she, yeah, the, yes, uh, yeah, it plays into the the, the narrative the, of the, the recurring the, dream the the dream the premonition because well, it that's the she only time her head doesn't she yes. yes well that's the only time that you you uh that the kind of dream sequence resolves into the victim actually being beheaded as she is also beheaded so it's uh you know the the, the premonition force comes comes full circle and yeah. then you get and then you get the uh, Only Fools and Horses ending. Y- you have been watching. <laughs> oh, well, sorry, that's, that's more David
1: Croft. Oh, oh, right. Sorry, that's more like Dad's Army. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, also very really Dad's served. Army. That's yes. that, that, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. You have been watching. And I was hoping for... Um, uh, you know Michael Brandon and Mimsy Farmer waving at the just camera. Just like grinning at the camera. Yeah, 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 or doing that, you know, Mimsy Farmer going, whoops, you know, with a, yeah. you know looking up. Um, uh, and then the the you know the the private detective being camp or limp wristed or, yeah. or, or or whatever as he said hello with the with the caretaker. Mm. Uh, not so, but no it didn't sadly as well. Unlike, which actually the only film that actually does that is Predator. Yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. It just makes no sense. No, like it's not within It is not within the tone of the film at all. Oh, and yeah. The best thing is they all turn to the camera and smile. Yeah. <laughs> I stuck. And it's amazing. It's great fun. Love it. Yeah. Uh, but yes, there is a you have been watching, uh, a moment. And one of my favourite tropes is cars that explode. Cars just don't explode when they're, they're in crashes. Mm. Uh, and even if the petrol tank goes up, it will be like a... Mm. Yes, there wouldn't be a massive, you know, uh, you know an actual detonation. Mm. Um, we haven't talked about possibly one of the most striking visuals of the film so far. The killer, because when we see them uh, to disguise their... their um, uh, their identity is masked now a mm. masked killer brings to mind something like you might see from blood and black lace if you, you know it's yeah it's you know a dark sinister face a face covering mm. uh not something that looks like tintin's r- r- more rotund mate <laughs> yes it's a, it's it's the it's the, it's
0: the, it's it's a mask of a cartoon boy Yes, very creepy yes. child mask. Yes. which kind of prefigures, I think, the doll in in Deep Red as well. There's something about that imagery <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's that's really quite unsettling. Um, not actually played by Mimsy Farmer. That's Luigi Cotzi, uh, the the co-writer and future director of Star Crash under the mask. There um, is it. Yes, indeed. We should do Star Crash. We could do Star. I mean, it's not a Jello, but it would be great fun to do. We could do it at Christmas. We do Star yeah. Crash. We're oh, Star that's the Christmas. Yeah, it's Christmas episode of Star Crash. Perfect yeah it's italian and it features the bloke who
1: played uh the killer in the mask if not out of the mask yeah and it's got
0: christmas lights in it
1: it it has a lot of christmas lights you
0: know i saw when i was like about six
1: i saw star crash and didn't know what it was for years uh and then found it again and was like oh my god this is it and that is that is that is a film that's what it is that is what that is yeah that's that's a film um (laughs) I at the time obviously wanted to watch anything that seemed a bit like Star Wars which so you know, is possibly you know the motivation of releasing Star Crash mm. um my god a character called Stella Star
0: yes we could just talk about Star Crash for the rest we of, could you know, let's save later. that for let's save that for uh, the festive season what a film Star Crash is <laughs> that is almost inexplicable Yep. <laughs> um but yeah so i i did say i did promise i would come back to uh some of the the other things that was kind of motivating argento at the time Mm -hmm. uh and it's probably a good time to talk about uh and and very interesting that you brought up how michael brandon's character is is a cipher yeah and, and you project into him what you bring to it so one of the things that's Kind of striking about his look and he's playing uh we haven't really talked about the, the, the plot too much but he's playing a drummer in a rock band or a sort of jazz rock uh band and, and actually the initial casting they were kind of uh knocking around ideas of, of potentially even like asking ringo star if he'd do it which i'm kind of glad they didn't um but well, they were to play michael brandon's character yes yeah yeah, Whoa. Uh, this, is yeah 19, were... this is 1971
1: yes so was, yeah oh god yeah
0: so uh Yeah, and there were other people like Terence Stamp and Michael York that they were kind of thinking of. But anyway, Michael Brandon, I think, had been in like one film before this, and he he sort of had this look that Argento liked, which is interesting because of all the protagonists in Dario Argento films, Michael Brandon in this is really the only one that looks like Dario Argento did at the time, in that he's very thin, he's got that sort of long brown hair, sort of, you know, he he has a very Argento-ish vibe. Uh, now at the time that he was making this argento was in the process of separating and ultimately divorcing his wife his only wife even though he was with uh dario nicolodi for subsequently for a long time often his leading <laughs> but, lady but, but, yes uh, yes but they weren't actually ever married so as he was going through the process of uh splitting up from uh maria casali uh who from what i understand looks a bit like Mimsy Farmer does in this movie. (laughs) Uh. And so then Argento makes a movie about how his wife's a psycho who's trying to kill him um, Uh. and ultimately gets beheaded. So Uh. there there, there is a certain amount of um, of school of thought that Argento does project a lot of how he feels about his relationships onto his characters. I mean, you know, Dario Nicolodi did say the the worse our relationship got the more horrible ways he found to kill me off um so mm. <laughs> it is a little it's a little unsettling the uh the, the similarities let's say between him and uh and maria casali and mimsy farmer and michael brandon um so yeah that, that i think as well that's why there's 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 quite a there is a dark streak running through the film and i think initially. Potentially something I might have picked up on watching it and just feeling like this is a bit this is a bit weird though, isn't it? But yeah, so so that that is something to uh, to kind of be aware of. And it's it's pretty interesting. He was actually having an, an affair with uh, an, an actress called Marilu Tolo, who wasn't in a whole bunch, uh, but she was in his subsequent film. Uh, the Five Days, which I haven't watched yet, I have to admit. Um, but she's also in an episode of his anthology telly show, um, Doors into Darkness, where she gets killed off. So there's <laughs> a bit of a theme, <laughs> is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, considering, you know, um, he has his daughter,
1: cat play characters that are raped, and every time generally he stabs someone off, someone is stabbed by a hand off screen, it's it's him, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, he's killed yeah. off both his daughters in, in film, uh so yeah it's it's a bit yeah (laughs) um but he does make very stylish films they i mean this one that there are there are bits in it that are so brilliantly effective i mean that that that, you mentioned the kind of slow-mo um sequences which they had a absolute nightmare shooting because they had this camera that could shoot at something crazy like 6,000 frames a second. But it was never oh, really designed to be kind of taken on location. It was, you know, um, it was absolute sort of nightmare to work with. Um, but you do get that like insanely slow motion, both both the kind of bullet hit, which is a real bullet flight, not hitting Michael Brandon, obviously, but, but actually a real bullet being photographed. Um, and then the car crash at the end, which just is sort of, Plays to this beautiful kind of classical music of um, of Mimsy Farmer, sort of staring at the windscreen as it explodes. Uh, it, you know, it's it's there's, there's nothing quite like it, and I, I've not really seen anything before or since that does that, even in Argento's.
1: Also, work. as as she's about to hit the camera, sorry, as she's about as the camera goes, and she's about to hit the back of the truck. You know, what do you think is going to happen? Mm. um it's not like anyone and it's and, it, and it's not like there's much observation going on mm. no one else is near the car with mimity farmer only the truck driver and he's oblivious until the until the vehicle hits it's just as she's not looking she's not paying attention mm. um so, I kept wondering what exactly was 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 going to happen because it feels like an undeserved like sort of fate that it's given slightly more tragedy than it mm. than, than, than it is and if you, if if the if the, the theme was going to be the tragedy of that person's childhood that made them into the killer um I'm not sure driving slow motion into the back of a truck which inexplicably which the car inexplicably then exploding is is <laughs> is worth the trouble that they <laughs> that they 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 went to, um, but but again it, it ends incredibly abruptly as quite a lot of those 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 films do. There's no sort of coda, is there? There's no, no, there's, no there's no epilogue. Godfrey, not with his parent, who's called Jerkoff. We'll come back to that. Godfrey um, <laughs> runs in uh, at the. Um, and with the the wherewithal that Michael Brandon has to knock the gun out of Mimsy Farmer's hand with a ashtray or some sort of in, implement, I can't remember what, while having been shot twice, is is impressive. But yeah, that's that's it's been a bit of James Bond stuff there as well. And then you know, we we then immediately follow Mimsy Farmer to run away in the car to who knows where she dies. Film ends. Uh, we don't see we don't see any more back back at, back at the house. But then that sort of works with the, you know it leaves you on a, it leaves you on a. An emotional high, if not necessarily a positive one. Yeah, can we talk about Godfrey's parrot? Yeah, please. Because what was that called in like? Is what's? It's called jerk off. In, um, presumably, that's not meant to be a Russian name either. Uh, <laughs> it, it's. I don't know how that would translate in the Italian version. Uh,
0: I haven't. I only watched, obviously, the English language version. I, 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 off the top of my head, I don't know. I should. I'll have to go back and uh, and and check, because but, it's uh, it's a specific.
1: It's you know, wanker. I don't know if that as an insult <laughs> might be. You know, wanker is more British English version. So maybe it's it's the, the French for wanker. Hmm. Uh, whatever onanistic insult wants to be wants to be thrown. Beyond the fact is is it only there for a, a very quick, very cheap gag? <laughs> uh, when Michael Brandon walks in to the barn that Godfrey apparently lives in, Godfrey follows him and goes, "Hey, jerk off!" And Michael Brandon goes, "What did I do? No, not you, jerk off!" And then he means he, he means the parrot. Um It's yeah, it's what a ga- having having enjoyed the initial gag about God and Godfrey uh
0: I, th- I, th- I think they should have quit while they were ahead which gets its own musical sting as well <laughs> oh yeah go,
1: he does go yes it does he goes an hall- hallelujah uh, uh, um priest. <laughs> and i thought that might have been a recurring theme like he might turn up and be a savior or, or, mm. or, or, or something or you know like get shot and then not be dead and mm. they might do it they might do a resurrection uh
0: messianic thing but i think i was looking for too much yes well, you do. You, you do. Uh, well, whilst it's not really related, you do at least get the wonderful sequence at the uh, coffin expo. Oh, that's uh, amazing! There's a, Batman, have...
1: there's a Batman coffin. There's a Love Heart coffin. There's a coffin that looks like it's uh, a double base case, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean that's literally where it sort of almost devolves into a carry on. Where the, the guy's like, "Oh, I don't know, it's a bit small," and he's like, "Well, we've never had any complaints." Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, one, one of the guys also gets a, um, a light from a, a, a man who has no lines, and that's his only appearance. That I thought briefly was Fritz Lang. <laughs> I don't so he looks quite that, like Fritz but... Lang. <laughs> I'd like the idea of uh, the Argento going. Well, God, I've got Fritz Lang in a film. I want Fritz Lang in my film. Get me film. a
0: get me a Fritz Lang type. Yes. <laughs> I don't know who that was. But no, I have no idea. Some Italian extra. Get get me a young Fritz Lang. Get me um. young. <laughs>
1: how far how far after that was was Limpetree? That's about sixty. uh yeah, something 68. like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. not too far. But it wasn't. Yeah. Fritz Lang. I'd, sadly, not that that would have been. I mean, that would have been interesting. But uh, I mean, I think even as celebrated as Argento became, even at the time, it's probably a bit low rent for. <laughs> I, I, I
1: suspect so. Yeah, I mean. This is early Argento when he was, you know, low rent but good, as opposed to later Argento when he was notable, and you know, even more low rent uh, <laughs> because he wasn't actually that good. Uh, but yeah, early Argento. Hey, mm. we've got subject. No, I liked this a lot more than I expected. Um, mm. Well, I say I expected. I it was it it it, it uh, given. V- I thought I'd seen probably most of the very good. Um, Jealous, and knowing that this one wasn't sort of, I believe the kids say, God tier. Um, <laughs> I was, I was very surprised. That I was very impressed with this. This is, this is one. This is, this has been one of my favourite so, uh, so so far. Whether or, because that's, I'm just gradually going into it in the, in the right frame of mind to just <laughs> enjoy it, um, and just if not celebrate, then uh, I'm able to deal with the problematic nature of it as well. Mm while celebrating celebrating some of the camera work which you know as Jalo is rightly is is rightly known for is 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 highly distinctive and 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 effective so yeah this was a this was a, this 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 was a good fun but um you will put a spoiler alert that if people haven't seen this, they, oh, mean, yes. they really yeah. should uh, before we tell them. Unless you're very clever like me and you work out that Mimsy Farmer's the killer, only to have your pomposity pricked by Dave going, <laughs> Yeah, but if anyone knows now, it's Mimsy Farmer, isn't it? <laughs> oh, mm, mm. Uh.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the thing, I, I think that as well—you're also kind of starting to develop the, the mental calluses that you you get from watching these for like years, where you start to just be like, "Well, I liked the good bits."
1: Yeah, that's 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 that, that's
0: fair <laughs> enough as well. And if there's one thing my brain needs, it's more mental calluses. <laughs> what are we doing next, Dave? Uh, so next up, we are—it's going a bit gothic again, actually. Oh, um, good. So yeah, the next one that we have up is uh, the great uh, Italian Gothic director uh, Antonio Margaretti oh yes, yes. Uh, and we are doing uh, Seven Deaths in the Cat's Eye I've seen that which, ah, excellent Yes, uh, so I can't really
1: remember it was, it's a bit fucked up but hey, you know we can do it as well yes, I have, so I have that on Blu-ray there you go 88 released it, didn't they?
0: they did indeed, yes yeah it's got a cat on the front
1: I right hear 88 have employed some good people to do some writing.
0: They, they, they really have, yeah. A lot of great, lot Just of great saying, work. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: um, very sad to hear about Network, by the way. That was tragic and incredibly, incredibly swift. Uh,
0: I know. It sort of came out of nowhere because I, I hadn't even. This is a complete aside, and and yeah. for those who are listening outside of the UK, uh, assuming I actually leave this bit in, um, Network was a an excellent uh, UK blu-ray and, and dvd distributor who did a lot of really niche kind of british uh genre film and a lot and i mean a lot of old cult telly um which really uh, no one else would probably ever put out the adventure game they put out the adventure game though exactly um and yeah it just seemed to come out of nowhere i was i was just actually thinking about oh i must pick up because i hadn't uh i hadn't Picked up the so they release a lot of the Jerry Anderson series, uh, and I must pick up UFO because I don't have that. And I literally went to look on their website and it was gone. and Looking around a bit, it's like it literally, I think the day before it said, Oh, they've gone into uh, uh, administration. I think it's worse than going to liquidation, they're going to liquidation because if they've administration, at least there can be a chance of saving the business or the yeah. stock immediately. It's so, amazing. uh, so yeah, very, uh, very sad. Um, mm. I guess we hadn't bought enough stuff um no i've I, I really tried yeah same um <laughs> or, or the uh the the sort of the, the vast noel gordon crossroads box set that they put out uh, who earth g- puts out a bloody crossroads box set ne- of all yeah, things 94
1: discs yeah yeah uh, I, I do i must i didn't I didn't go for that. Same. Um, I, I, I utterly adore archive telly more than well. I suppose I say more than most people I know. Given the people I know, that's actually bollocks. Uh, but I'm probably <laughs> in the top thirty of people yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, but I wasn't going to do a ninety-four disc box set of Noel Gordon in Crossroads. Yeah. Um, so perhaps I should have done. Uh, and then I've been able to. Um, I picked up the only other day. I picked up uh, the first series of Drama Rama, the one wow. called Sp- the one called Spooky uh which contains Alan Garner's play The Keeper, which even though it went out at like half four on a weekday, is one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. Wow. Uh, about two ghost hunters in a in a in an abandoned cottage. And they start playing Scrabble. Uh and then the words they realise what they've what the scene where they realise what they've what they've written. It's up wow. there with it's up there with the stone tape for
0: Wow uh, Yeah,
1: for just that bit as well. It's you know, it's a cheap piece, it's a two hander. Mm. Um, but it has a couple of moments of pure of pure fear, and I can't believe that God, that scared the shit out of me. Wow, Alan ah, oh Garner, what a great writer! Anyway, we've gone off on a tangent. I think we should I think we should leave uh, on something on on something on Four Flies on, on Grey Velvet. Didn't chat about Michael Brandon's wide, wider career, uh, did we? No. no. For for those of you uh, in in Britain, he's probably best known for Dempsey and Makepeace. Correct. Uh, he, he married Makepeace,
0: didn't he? That's right. Yeah.
1: Glennis um, Barber, which, which, Lord, which is did Blake Seven to
0: Well, quite. I mean, and in terms of you know, sort of genre, Six Degrees. I mean, Glennis Barber's actually in a lot of Norman J. Warren movies, including uh, Terror, which is supposedly inspired by Suspiria. So, huh, okay. I, to be blunt, I'm not sure you would know that from watching it, but apparently, it is. Um... <laughs> but uh yeah so so you know that was before that was before any of of their uh tv uh relationships happened i i, I was quite fond of dempsey and make peace i have to admit yes yeah, so i watched it very good it was in, quite entertaining in, in the mid 80s well it was it was dramatic and they
1: had you know an american in in london they were trying to do the brannigan thing weren't they they were that's exactly yeah. what they were doing um but it, I, as i understand this and if we have any listeners in in, in america christ um If we have any listeners in in America, I understand Michael Brandon is best known for Thomas the Tank Engine.
0: That's right. Yeah, Yeah. he's the uh, he's the American Ringo (laughs) Star. Which cut? Which so it's all connected. Oh my god! He's the drummer. Oh my god! (laughs) Again, for Americans, Ringo Star is the voice of Thomas the Tank Engine. I was about to say, I was about to say, Ringo Star was the drummer in the Beatles. Yes.
1: I think they know that all oh, right so yeah but so originally this was a part they tried to get ringo star for and they yeah. got michael brandon and then when thomas tank engine was taken to america and they thought well, they didn't want to avoid you know they didn't want the deep Scouts for us brandon was going you're fucking mine star
0: <laughs> oh no said thomas anyway um he's also also in doctor who he's ringo a, star he, no michael brandon <laughs> he's a
1: unit general in a David Hemp ah, story. Ah,
0: right. He pops up in the occasional Marvel movie as well. Uh, I think he's in the first Captain America. All oh, right. He's in a Jonathan Creek. I remember as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and is there the, a Jonathan Creek podcast? There should, I
1: bet there is a Jonathan Creek podcast. Uh,
0: uh, do you know what? I would properly like to do that because I really like. Oh Jonathan God, got another one. Jesus, I'm good. To... <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs>
1: Okay, when we're done with When this, we run out of
0: jello, do, we'll, we'll do, 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 do the Jonathan, Jonathan Creek, Creek podcast. We'll do a, a Jonathan Creek ah. ride along. Marvellous. Right, um, well, until next time. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you like the show, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash due signori where you'll get early access to episodes for a mere pound a month. Due Signori in Giallo is edited and produced by me, Dave Thomas. Until next time, goodbye.